Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. My co-host Paddy is taking a well-earned day off, so I'm on my own. But fortunately, we've got a great topic to dig into, one that I'm super passionate about. Today, we're going to start looking at recruitment. And in the upcoming episodes, we'll go uh, deep into how to consistently hire A players who will deliver incredible results for your business. But before we get carried away, we need to get clear on what an A player actually is and then answer the big question that might be in your mind, which is, can you actually afford to hire one? So let's start with a bit of a a definition. So one of my favorite authors on on this subject is Eric Herencall, who wrote How to Hire A Players. And he defines an A player as an employee who creates superior results compared to the vast majority of other people who hold the same position in your industry. And I've seen A player defined in other books and resources and so on as being essentially the top like 10% or whatever or higher uh, or 15% of people in that particular, that are available for that particular role, that particular industry for uh, at a particular amount of pay as well. There's not, um, often there's not an assumption of, oh yes, they'll be the, the highest paid. Uh, and in fact, that's a really important point. So you've got this, uh, this concept of essentially getting people who are really, really good and, and can uh, create superior results. So the key then is to work out uh, what what position are you going to uh, hire an A player in? And of course, for in general, we talk about wanting to hire A players into uh, all <laughs> roles in, in your company. And whilst that's a fantastic thing to, to strive for, um, often you'll find that not everyone is uh, are A players at all times. Uh, typically, when someone first joins the organization, for example, that's they're not suddenly getting superior results um, versus other members of your team from day one, but you can get them there. And equally, there are times when individuals in your team might slip back in their performance and become B or even C players, and so they need support to, to kind of get back there. So uh, it's not to say that everyone will always be an A player. Uh, however, uh, we should be look, uh, aiming for that, and uh, the starting point is work out what position uh, that you want to hire into. Now, one of the most common mistakes that we tend to see uh, is that business owners think, oh, well, you know, the most important role that I need an A player in and that I need to uh, delegate into is to try and re- replace myself as the, as the founder, as the, a- as the MD. And um, uh, as a result, you'll be looking to hire someone with incredible uh, skills in many areas um, that can operate you know, as the, either the chief operating officer, as the CEO, as the managing director in all areas of the business. But frankly, the answer uh, uh, to whether you can get an A player in, in that role, the answer is probably no for uh, most people at, uh, at most stages of business because you can't uh, afford to get someone who can do everything that you can do uh, and do it at superior results, possibly even superior to your own, and do so at a pay level that is lower than what you'd be willing to accept. Because the truth is, if there's someone out there that can do better results than you can in that role, they uh, are unlikely to accept a, a fraction of, of what you might uh, pay yourself or be willing to accept. So often that's tricky, not impossible. But there is a really powerful way of uh, avoiding that issue. 
because when we start getting clear on more specific roles, then the uh, number of candidates available out there in the world actually gets bigger. So to clarify that, when you've got a role that basically you're expecting brilliance across a number of different areas. So for example, if we, if we want to hire an MD, maybe we want them to be a great leader, but also really great at being in the detail. They understand finance, but also a, 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 a really good people person that, that can bring people around. And they understand the processes across the business, but also deal with the numbers. And also think about the, the marketing and can, can speak well about the business. Like there's too many things that they have to be good at. And as a result, it is very challenging to find someone who's got all of those amazing skills. Whereas when you get really specific, then we can uh, make it possible for them to, uh, uh, we, can, we can make it much easier, at least, for us to find candidates that can be really excellent at that. For example, to say, we need someone who's really comfortable with the financial numbers and can do a really good job of that. That's a lot easier to find someone who's an A player in that role rather than uh, across everything, across the board. So how do we approach this? What's the uh, kind of steps that we go through? So the first thing is identify a specific role. And it, if you're starting with a role that's too big, whether it's you know the kind of MD role or may maybe it's even just sales or operations or whatever, break that down into what are the specific roles that sit within that. So for example, within sales, maybe it's uh, you've got appointment setting, maybe you've got the having the initial sales call, maybe you've got the being an account manager for existing customers and growing the account. Maybe you've got sales management, so being across all of that and understanding the numbers and all this kind of stuff. Like there's loads of different roles that sits with uh, sit within these functions. So um, ideally, wherever you can identify a, a specific role, even if you have to identify a few specific roles that, that come together. For example, um, uh, for us, when we uh, first hired, started hiring essentially salespeople, we created a su customer success representative role that include uh, that included some sales aspects that are kind of um, doing demo uh, demo calls because it's software uh, software product, doing demonstration calls, um, but also uh, doing uh, some support, so responding to customer emails and messages and so on, but then also some um, uh, customer success support, so analyzing customer usage and as a result reaching out proactively to help them to achieve their results uh, get really clear on what it is that the uh, customers looking to achieve and and come up with plans to help them to do that and so on so like there's a few different things in there and actually even a little bit of appointment setting and so on now there's benefits in splitting that out further i've got friends who have got businesses and they've done a, uh, who have done a, a fantastic job of splitting out sales into all the different acronyms of uh, having your appointment setters and your bdms and all these sorts of things and that's fantastic it's often challenging when you're first starting uh, to be able to have lots of people uh, in the organization, although you can do it fractionally, right? So you can have freelancers that do bit and so on. But as much as possible, identify a specific role. Then before we start looking at uh, um, trying to bring someone in and identifying an A player, first look at how you can put systems in place so that we can avoid the hire having to be an expert in everything. 
So if we're looking at sales, for example, rather than wanting the most amazing salesperson that can uh, do a, they're really proactive and uh, picking up the phone and making loads of calls to, to appointment set. They're also great at having the sales conversation and really natural at that. They're also great at making sure that they uh, update the CRM system and update all their notes and you know all this kind of stuff and that they manage it through to completion. Like there's a lot that you're asking of someone there. So the more that you can put systems in place so that they don't have to be an expert in those things, whether it's you know, documenting some of those as simple processes that they can follow, whether it's having metrics that make it really easy, easy to know whether someone is um, uh, hitting the quota and that they're doing the right number of calls and things like that, and you don't have to rely on them uh, so much to just kind of be awesome all the time. The next thing to do is look at the key skills that they need to bring to excel at their job. So for a salesperson, maybe it's uh, that they're uh, a great communicator, both written and verbal. They need to be able to simply explain to potential customers uh, what their product or service can deliver to meet the needs of that individual. They also need to be great at asking questions because they need to explore the customer's needs and uh, really bring to light the kind of pain points, but also the, the vision of where they're trying to get to. Um, they also need to be really enthusiastic so that the customer is uh, getting a good experience, but also that they build the enthusiasm for what the product or service can do for them. And there might be other skills that you need, whether it's in the sales role or whatever role it is. Look, what are the key skills that they uh, need to bring in? All of this means that you can then start your recruitment process. And what you should be doing is hiring for the key skills and the alignment with your company values. Um, and we'll cover how to set your company values in a separate episode if you haven't done that already. But by, uh, by having, once you've got your company values really clear, you need to be embedding those throughout your recruitment process so that you're filtering candidates to see who would be a really good fit against those uh, sk the, the skills and the company values. It has to be um, both of those. And typically, you know, we, we um, uh, have a, a series of stages that we go through which kind of measure these in different degrees uh, as they go through the, the process. So you want to be home for those key skills and the alignment with your company values. And I emphasize skills rather than knowledge. The aim when looking for A players isn't to go find someone that's got 20 years of knowledge of that particular job or whatever, unless that's crucial. Like if that's, you know, if that's the hard thing to develop, then sure, but generally that's not the case. 20 years of knowledge and in industry, perhaps, but in my experience, that's not what the, the issue is. Like you can give them the knowledge, you can teach them the things about the industry, the product, the process, all these sorts of things. The hard thing is taking someone who perhaps hasn't got good communication skills or isn't enthusiastic, and getting them to make those changes. Whereas building the knowledge is relatively easy. So focus on skills and particularly those company values. Uh, if they haven't got a values fit, so for example, from our, we've got five core values. Our third one is attention to detail. We believe that we are faster when we uh, are careful and uh, uh, with, with the kind of detail, which um, by which I mean that if we believe that if we make a mistake, it takes longer in the long run, therefore it makes sense to be slower and get things right. Now, if you're someone that doesn't believe that and you believe that, no, 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 I, I want to hack and move quickly and, you know, if we make mistakes, fine, da, 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 da. Like, that's fine in some businesses, that's a, that's a value set to have, but 
someone like that in my businesses will constantly bash against other members of the team and the way and our ways of working because they will go, oh, well, you know, I don't, we don't want to be perfectionist about this. Let's just get it out. And everyone else in the team and indeed the way in which we work will, will jar against that. And so they won't be a good fit. So that's one of five core values that we use to make sure that someone's a good fit in our organization. So once you've, uh, so um, you, you can create your recruitment process and we'll cover in separate episodes exactly how that should look. But your aim through that process is to find someone who's in the top 10%, 20%, given the role and the compensation that you're willing to offer. Now, it doesn't mean that they're perfect, but it does mean that you've made a great and affordable hire. And when we say the top 10 to 20 percent, the important thing here is that you've got enough candidates to even be able to make draw that conclusion. So many business owners will uh, put, put a, a job advert out there, get a handful of candidates, you know, literally five, and uh, look at their CVs, pick three to interview. One doesn't turn up uh, and you pick between the other two. That is not um, you haven't got sufficient options there to really draw conclusions over whether you're um, uh, going to get good results and whether you're going to end up with an A player there. Um, we uh, get a lot of candidates through our process and I'll show in a subsequent episode exactly what we do and how many candidates we have and the percentages that that, that flow. So make sure that you subscribe so that you, you get this. But like having a, a handful, having even 10 is is too few. Uh, I'd say minimum you want to be looking for 30 plus candidates in the top of the funnel. Uh, we actually aim for um, hundreds uh, in most cases. So the, and the big benefit of that is by having comparison, it makes it much easier for you to see whether someone uh, comparatively is uh, an A player. So by doing this, you know, why, why do all of this, all this work, all these recruitment stages, all these candidates and so on? Ultimately, um, there's huge business benefits in terms of having A players, in terms of their performance and so on. Um, and that, coupled with some other aspects, means that you'll actually reduce a lot of the sources of stress in your business. Firstly, you'll hire someone who's a good fit for your company and has the capability to excel in the role. Um, that means that, uh, that you're not going to get stress created by the fact that they, they jar with other people because they haven't got that values fit, maybe around uh, attention to detail, like the example I gave earlier, but maybe it's around one of our other core values, like always looking to improve. People in our organization are generally a good fit if they're passionate about always improving both themselves, but also uh, the business and our processes and all these sorts of things. If we have someone in the business who's like, oh, no, I don't really read those kind of self-help kind of stuff, or, you know, uh, I prefer fiction. I don't really read blogs, listen to audiobooks. Um, you know, don't tend to do this they're unlikely to be a good fit in the organization. It'll create um, tension and stre stress um, because it, it, won't, it won't be a good fit. So that's a really important aspect. But also they've got to have the capability to excel in the job. And if they've got the skills that you need for the role, that's in, uh, much more likely. The second area of stress that you're going to reduce is, of course, a great hire should lead to better results, fewer mistakes, less frustration, less conflict, because the team's not having to carry them. You're not having to have the rest of the team carry this uh, B, C, D player uh, uh, through their own performance. When you've got a great hire into your business, when you've got that A player, they can achieve amazing results that will help the team and people feel great about it. And you don't end up with mistakes and things that can cause a lot of frustration and stress and derails and all these kind of painful things for your business. Thirdly, there'll be, it's less likely that the employer will leave. 
So when you've got an A player who's a really good fit for your organization, when you when they've got a good um, when they've got a good culture fit, they've got good values fit, when they um, have the skills to be able to do the role and that you've gone through a recruitment process to make sure that they're the right fit uh, and we'll cover how that recruitment process should look but one of the important um, aspects of it is it's a two-way street right you're selling your business as an employer as much as you're um, uh, qualifying them as an uh, as a good fit for you um, but by doing that and making sure that you've got an A player, making sure they're a good fit, making sure that they can then deliver great results, and a big part of that is their onboarding, which we've covered in previous episodes. So do check those out if uh, if you haven't listened to those on how to onboard and get people at speed. When you do all of that, you're much less likely for the, that the employee will leave, which we know that if an employee leaves your organization, uh, particularly within the first few months, even the first year, typically that's going to cost your business three times that, that person's salary in hiring costs, in wasted time and wasted training and wasted uh, costs on uh, their salary, but also uh, tools and management and, and so on. So it's really important that um, you give, uh, that you hire the right people, that they're a good fit and that you uh, then onboard them really effectively so that they, they don't leave and you don't have those uh, additional costs. So hopefully it's now clear what an A player is and that yes, you do want one and actually you can afford one because they you don't have to pay over the odds for them. Ultimately, you're just trying to get someone who's in the top 10% of candidates available at that for that role and at that, that price range. Um, and uh, that's the key, right? It's not about being able to just pay over the odds to get amazing people. There are amazing people at every salary range, um, it's, but it's a relative game and you need, you need a decent number of candidates going in the top of the funnel for you to be able to evaluate that. Sometimes there are situations where the candidates aren't quite where you need them to be and you need to uh, be able to increase the amount that you can afford. However, it's not just about the amount you pay. And in fact, my experience is that A players, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're sharp enough that they know that they want to be paid well, competitive, you know, competitively at least, but actually money isn't the motivating driver. It's growth, it's uh, work-life balance, it's uh, feeling like they're having an impact. All those sorts of things become much more important. And we'll talk in the subsequent episode of how you can make roles really attractive and uh, an example of how um, a role was uh, uh, a role, and uh, the employer was made so attractive to work for that uh, even when employees were offered two or even three times their salary, still uh, chose to remain loyal because of the benefits of being there. So it's not just about money. So you can afford an A player, and uh, assuming you can afford to hire at all, of course, and we'll cover that in a separate episode. But assuming that you need to hire, you can afford to hire A players. Don't lower the bar don't go for the b and c and d and e players and tolerate that level of performance uh, it will hold you back and it will cause a lot of stress now as mentioned a few times throughout this episode there's a lot more to creating a great recruitment process uh, than what i've covered today so tomorrow we're going to start uh, by looking at what a great on uh, recruitment process uh, what a great recruitment process really looks like uh, and, ha and how that's done end to end and we'll be starting with the true story of how a small and unknown company gets over a thousand candidates for uh, for every role that they're recruiting into. So look out for that. Now, as regular listeners will know, we also run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. 
uh, we, uh, this is really important when you're thinking about, oh, you know, I haven't even got enough time to recruit, so I'm not sure whether I can afford it or whatever. This is crucial. If you attend this webinar, you're going to see where you can, uh, where you should be delegating, where you should be recruiting into, and how you can make that uh, not stressful, not time-consuming, and not be a, a, a derailer to your other progress by the entire. So do join that. It's uh, typically every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time, but you can find out more and register at www.emmanuel.co forward slash webinar. Now, if I can ask a favor, please. If you're listening to this uh, on our podcast, uh, on a, a podcast um, channel, then please uh, uh, just take one minute to leave an honest review if you found the content today really valuable. Uh, that's going to help the podcast get more visibility and help more people. If you're uh, consuming this currently on social media, please do repost it, share it, like it, uh, subscribe. Uh, that massively helps and it means that we can uh, get more content designed for you. And if you've got questions, if there's things that you'd like us to cover in future episodes, post in the comments, send us a message. Uh, we'd love to, uh, to, to help. So otherwise, until next time, have fun.